Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Just Like Other Girls. We're deep into the month of December when life is just calendar booking after calendar booking after calendar booking, and it is a whirlwind. And we all know that it's going to be a whirlwind when we go into the month of December, right? You, you're planning for the holiday season. You're like, oh, it's going to be so busy. It's going to be so busy. But somehow I feel like the busyness always ends up being more than you even expected. And it's funny because I think when you're my age, so in your 20s or 30s, you're at a phase of your life where you live a life on your own, right? You have your apartment, you have your friends, you have your office, you have this whole life that you live in wherever that might be. For me, it's New York City, but wherever that is for you. But then you also are still at an age where you're going home to your parents' house or your grandparents or your aunts and uncles. You're just, you're leaving the place that you live usually to go somewhere with family to celebrate the holiday. So it almost feels like December gets split into two separate months. There's like the month of your own holiday things and that's friends and work and all of that. And then the second half of the month is the month of family. And I was thinking about it, and I think that is why the month feels so crazy because, you know, you leave, you don't leave on December 25th to go celebrate Christmas with your parents typically, right? You maybe go the 20th or the 22nd or something like that. So you feel like until that moment, which like for me this year it's the 22nd, fine, You feel like until the 22nd, you now have to cram in every single holiday thing you want to do in your own world before you then go and try and cram in every single holiday thing you want to do with your family. And it becomes exhausting. (laughs) And the thing is, there's so many different types of things that you do in December. Some are obligations, some are things you just really want to do, but they run the gamut and I don't know about you guys, I personally feel like I have to do all of them. I think that's my personality for sure, but I feel like every year I get this sort of like holiday checklist in my head, like I'm living in some sort of Hallmark movie where I'm like, I have to do, I have to decorate the tree and I have to bake the cookies and I have to go ice skating. And I'm like, if I don't do every single one of these things, I haven't lived out the holiday season to its full potential. Which is crazy because the holiday season is supposed to be about like enjoying yourself in these activities. But really it starts to feel almost like a bucket list or a never ending to do list of fun. Right? You're like, you are bogging yourself down with the need to do fun things. And there's a lot of them that are already pre-scheduled for you. Because you have your office company holiday party, which is a thing. And you want to go to it. Of course you want to go to it. You're going to have fun. But that's a whole night in and of itself. Then maybe some companies, they do like plus one. So maybe if you're in a relationship, you have to go to your partner's holiday party. So now that's two separate holiday parties. Then I always feel like I want to, at least with all of my closest groups of friends, I want to mark the holidays with them in some way. So sometimes 
you know, it's like a secret Santa or a cookie swap or just a holiday dinner or a holiday party. But you get to this point in your life where you're somewhere around 30, a little, you know, give or take, whatever, but in this phase of life where you have multiple different groups of friendships, right? Because maybe you have your partner's friends and maybe you have your college friends and maybe you have friends from work or whatever that is. So suddenly the calendar is just becoming full with, again, things that are fun. It's parties, but they're they're parties you have to go to. And I think we put this pressure on holiday parties, or at least I certainly do, because that's the kind of person I am. But like you see a holiday party in a holiday movie. Everyone is in sparkles and velvet and their makeup is fully done and they're drinking Christmas Cosmopolitans and they're listening to holiday tunes and everyone feels in the spirit and feels like Christmas. Or, you know, obviously it's the holiday season. There are multiple holidays beyond Christmas. Christmas is just the one I celebrate, so that's what I default to in my language. But it it has this feel to it. It has this filter almost And that's because it's a movie, and I know that, logically, but emotionally, I don't. (laughs) Emotionally, that's what my life should look like, too. You have this idea that it's going to be this sort of elegant holiday moment, and I just feel like it rarely is. So you have all these things that you're planning to do, and you're tired from, And I think what's so funny about it is that December is actually a time of year that you don't want to do anything. It's cold. It gets dark at 1 p.m. It is busy. So if you live in a city, everyone in the world is out and about. So just even trying to run an errand feels like the stampede scene in The Lion King. And again, it's freezing. It used to snow in December in the Northeast and now it just rains, which is really depressing. But like the weather is never great. And so you're going all these things you have on your velvet high heels and it's pouring rain and it's 41 degrees out and you're just like, why am I doing this to myself? And then of course the holidays add their own list of to-dos beyond the partying and the fun, but like the gift shopping and the cooking and if you send Christmas cards or whatever it is, decorating your house. Like there are, these things all take time and it just feels like there's not enough time until, so December is just this crazy ramp up of activity, 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 activity until suddenly you become catatonic. And I was thinking about that today. I was like, that is the funniest thing about this time of year is it's like a sprint into a nap. So you have this crazy ramp up. It's like exponential of like you go from having a normal amount of things on your social calendar and on your to-do list to suddenly having to feel like you have to take on everything you've ever done and see every person you've ever met. And then Christmas hits and you celebrate the holiday. You go, you're with family, whatever you do for the holiday, that's a thing. And then come December 26th, that, that week between Christmas and New Year's is like, I feel sometimes like I'm an astronaut in space and that I'm going to come back from that week and everyone else is going to be like 100 years older than me and I'm just going to be like, wow, I totally thought that was just a week, but I guess it was like seven years. 
it's such a weird, weird time because everything kind of slows down. Even if your industry or your office or your company is still working, no one's really working that week. No one's really doing office things. No one's responding to emails. So many people are taking vacation. You are a certifiable zombie after all of the hectic craziness you went through in your December whirlwind. And suddenly you're just like, I'm not leaving the couch. And it just, it's like from one extreme to the other. And I think that's another half of the reason why December feels so chaotic. Because again, I was talking about the chunks it's in earlier. You have like the friend and the life chunk. Then you have the family chunk. And then you have the I'm in a coma chunk. So it's almost like three separate seasons in one month. Of course it feels crazy. Of course it feels like there's too much to do and like you're never going to get through it. It's sensory overload in addition to scheduling overload. Just a lot of overload. That's December. December is, December is nutty. Last night, we went to dinner, we did a holiday thing, and we got home early enough that we could watch a Christmas movie. And we watched a movie that Pat had never seen before that I love and I've always considered to be one of my favorites, which is Miracle on 34th Street, which it is a classic It's an absolute classic. There's two versions of it. There's the original and then the remake, and I think they're both phenomenal. Um, We watched the newer one. It has Mara Wilson in it who plays Matilda. And just like every 90s star ever, it's just, it's a really fun movie. And what I realized as I was watching it, and Pat was sort of asking me some questions at a couple key parts, like, oh, like, what happened here? Or like, what What did I just miss? And I realized, I was like, oh, I actually don't know. Because even though I consider this movie to be one of my holiday favorites, I don't think I've seen it in years. And so I was thinking about Christmas movies. You guys know I love to rank things. I love to talk about things. So let's get into the holiday movie rankings and the holiday. I don't have a definitive ranking, but, you know, just sort of these my musings on all these holiday movies. And I started to realize that there are certain movies that you end up watching every year, no matter what. And it's fun to rewatch them. It's part of the holiday tradition. It's part of the nostalgia. And a lot of times I find myself not watching Christmas movies that I haven't seen before because I'm – I'm spending so much time watching the ones I have seen because they feel like a hug. You know, they're very comfortable. It's like drinking hot chocolate and eating Christmas cookies is how you feel watching these movies that you've seen so many times. But there are certain movies, and I'm sure they're different for everyone. I'm sure every family, every person has their movies that they watch every single year during the holiday season. But I think there are a couple that we all watch And whether that's because they're on cable or you're just like reminded of them or they're family, fun for the whole family, so sort of something everybody can watch together. 
They don't take any brain power to watch in the way that maybe watching a newer movie would. And Miracle on 34th Street, I realized is one of my favorites that I don't watch very often. That movie is so good and I feel like it's often (laughs) forgotten when you're doing a Christmas countdown. And I think there's a couple different genres of Christmas movie, right? Because you have you have the true Christmas classics. And these can be however old. I'm not saying that they have to be, you know, as old as White Christmas. But the ones that you come back to all the time that sort of encapsulate all of what Christmas is. So you have those classics. <clears throat> then you have the cartoons and the true like kid specials. So the Rudolphs, the Charlie Browns of the world that are super nostalgic. I know my parents grew up with them. I know I grew up with them. I'm hopeful that the next generation of kids will also get to grow up with them. But, you know, sometimes I look at that animation and I'm like, are kids still going to be excited by this? I don't know. But I wonder, you know, how many generations it'll be able to last off of just the nostalgia. But the stories are really, the, they're the best. So you have all, you have those movies as well. Then adjacent to that, there's like a whole genre of Christmas movie, like the Santa genre, that's not necessarily a quote unquote kids movie in the way that like maybe a Rudolph or Santa Claus is coming to town is. But it's also, it's very much a family film for the kids. So I'm thinking like The Santa Claus or The Grinch. Like these these fantastical lore of Christmas. And then finally you have the grown-up Christmas movies. (laughs) For lack, it's like the least grown-up thing I could have called them. But the rom-coms, the deeper stories. And... I think they're all, this is why I find it really hard when people try to rank what's the best Christmas movie of all time. And inevitably somebody's going to come in and be like, it's Die Hard. Which like, I'm not going to fight that battle anymore. I just can't. I can't fight that battle. But um, I don't know how people can possibly, like you see all these definitive lists of the best holiday movies. And I just like, how do you rank Love Actually, which has literal pornography sets in it against Santa Claus is coming to town with heat miser like I just how do you say one of those is better than the other I don't think you do but I think within the genre there are some of of every of those categories that I've sort of just created I think there are certain films that inevitably rise to the top and I think all of them have you know subgenres within them <laughs> we could get real nerdy and genre-ish on all of this, but we won't do that. But I think they all do have a lot of different ways that you can go. So starting with the kids' movies, because they are just like the most nostalgic and the easiest, I think like my childhood just feels so defined by Rudolph and Frosty. And I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but I watched those movies probably like once a week from Chris, from Thanksgiving to Christmas. Like, and it was such 
an event and we had we had the VHS tapes of them obviously I had I collected the I think it was like a Hallmark collection you could like literally get them at CVS but I collected the stuffed animals of the Rudolph characters so I had like all of them that was like every Christmas I'd get one and I was so excited and I would like put them out they'd be part of the decor I'm sure my mom loved that um, from an aesthetic point of view but that movie and the story of Rudolph and the story of the misfit toys and all that is such a part of my childhood and I think it is part of a lot of people's childhood because if you look at Elf which is like unequivocally one of the best Christmas movies of all time I don't know how you fight that they play off of that. That whole, like, Burl Ives snowman and the narwhal that's like, hi, buddy, hope you find your dad. That's all playing off of those stop-motion holiday classics. The question that I have that I think a lot of people have, though, that I need to know the answer is, on the island of misfit toys, you have a Charlie in the box. He's a misfit. He's got the wrong name. You have a train with square wheels. He can't drive. He can't roll. He's a misfit. You have a you have a water gun that shoots jelly? Something like that. But again, clearly a misfit. And then you have a doll. A doll who is perfectly unmisfit. She's got a cute dress. She's got raggedy ann hair. She has two eyes and a smile. She can sing. She can dance. <clears throat> Why is this doll a misfit? I need to know the answer to that. I need a prequel. I need a Rudolph prequel about why the little dolly got sent to the island of misfit toys. I want to know her origin story. Was she, what, did she wet herself a lot? Was she supposed to be a doll? Because you know how some dolls can pee? Which I never understood. As a kid, I was like, I don't want that. I, I'd prefer that there was no bathroom movements on my toys. That seems unnecessary. But maybe, maybe she Never learned how to control that. I don't know. Maybe does she, maybe she had the wrong color shoes on and it was a fashion faux pas and that made her a misfit. Maybe, honestly, maybe she was kind of a bitch and nobody liked her and they didn't want to be her friends. I don't know, but I think that the Christmas movie that I need is the origin story of the doll and why she's a misfit toy and how Rudolph saving her becomes an important, integral part of the story. Santa Claus is coming to town is also one of the best ones. And that's the one with the Heat Miser and Snow Miser. And <laughs> honestly, that movie, like, if you follow the plot of it, it's, like, kind of chaotic. You have, like, Mother Earth, and it's snowing, and it's not snowing. And then Santa Claus can't walk. He's got to put one foot in front of the other. It's very... I think the plot is loose at best. <laughs> but... The Heat Miser and the Snow Miser song is like iconic, iconic film scoring. I love those songs. And now that I'm thinking about it out loud, I feel like next year that should be Pat and I's Halloween couples costume is Heat Miser and Snow Miser because that would be pretty funny. I feel like Christmas is a time that you kind of want to unleash and unlock your inner child. So it's fun to watch all of those. Um, like I used to love watching Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas and it was on TV today and I like stopped and watched it for a couple minutes and it just felt good. Then you get into the four kids but also four families and I think there is undoubtedly a best of this and that is the Santa Claus. 
that movie with Tim Allen, it is such a perfect, perfect Christmas movie that deals with Santa and the myth of all of that. I don't think I've seen another Christmas movie that that is so charming and fun if you're a kid or an adult. And it's so, it feels like Christmas the whole time. So a lot of times in the next category I'm going to go into of like the grown-up Christmas movies, these movies are Christmas movies, but really all that means is like at one point in the movie there's a Christmas tree. Like Love Actually has so little to do with Christmas (laughs) besides the Christmas pageant with the octopus, but like that movie really could have happened at any time of year. And you could have told all those same stories. And obviously there are Christmas touches throughout. You got the feeling it in your fingers song. And, and, and part of that is what makes the movie feel like such a classic. Those touches of Christmas. But Christmas is such a backdrop for that story. It's not a part of that story. And what I love about the Santa Claus is that that movie feels like a holiday film from beginning to end. Every single moment of it feels feels like the holidays. And so that's a movie that I will always watch when I'm feeling like, wow, I'm not in the Christmas spirit. Like, because December is such a whirlwind, because you have so many things to do, I think you can suddenly be like, oh my God, I haven't felt holly or jolly all season And I will put on the Santa Claus and that will instantly give me all the Christmas feels. And so I think that is like unequivocally the best of all those movies. I think you also have like The Grinch is a part of that. I feel like there's a bunch of movies that deal with the Santa of it all. Miracle on 34th Street. That's a great example. I just talked about it. Another wonderful movie that plays into the stories and the magic and the childlike wonder of Christmas in a way that can be enjoyed by adults as well. And so I think you have to watch a couple of those movies every year. You can't just watch the holiday rom-coms or you won't feel that that Christmas kid-like joy. But on the opposite end of the spectrum, the Christmas movies that I think we all talk about as being our favorites are the ones that are for grown-ups right? They are the ones that are very, they're either rom-coms or they're family dramas. And, and there are so many of these that I haven't seen and so many that I, I still want to watch. But I think these ones, they feel like Christmas as you actually celebrate it. Obviously, again, a glossified happy ending version, but you know, they're, they're based in the real world. And so I think the most beloved one of all is Love Actually. And I love that movie, actually. I really do. However, I have one big beef with that movie, and I gotta air it out. The entire plot of the movie Love Actually, every single thing that moves the plot forward, when a character makes a big choice or does one of their giant actions, is based on this idea, this truism that they state often. In fact, it's written on the damn flashcards in the iconic, to me, you are perfect scene. The plot hinges on the idea or the concept that it's Christmas 
and at Christmas, you tell the truth. What is the basis for that? That is not a thing. Like that is, if anything, at Christmas, you lie. Because you are surrounded by family that you don't see all the time. And you're having to tell people all these crazy things. And like you're hiding gifts and you're hiding presents. And like, sure, it's a time of love. I buy that. It's a time of connection. It's not a time of truth telling. It is not the final hour. It is not a death. Like this idea of like, well, I've been holding this secret for so long. Or I have a, I have a romantic feelings for this person. And like... Well, it's Christmas, so I gotta tell them. That's not a thing. <laughs> and the movie relies on this concept so fully and deeply. And everyone, like, when Colin Firth goes and learns Portuguese, again, iconic. One of the best rom-com moments or, like, rom-com big gestures of all time, going and learning the speech to ask the father if he can marry her. It's, he's like, because at Christmas, you tell people how you feel. I don't think that's true. The whole scene, and and I mean, don't, I mean, the other thing that people talk about all the time, and it's unbearably true, everyone in this movie is like a little bit of a bad person. Like, we all kind of point fingers very blatantly at Snape, or Alan Rickman as his actual name is. He does some really bad things, and then that iconic Emma Thompson cry scene is just like, if that doesn't rip your heart out, I don't know what possibly would. So we all can like easily point fingers and be like, he's a bad guy. But like, can we talk about the dude that is hitting on his best friend's wife blatantly? And then his best friend's wife who goes and kisses him? That's not cool. That's not a good thing to do. And then, yeah, there's just like a lot of, there's a lot of shady area. Like also that movie, (laughs) that movie portrays America so, so badly It's so funny to me to see like how this British movie wants to portray America because they have the president being just like a total creep and groping on the prime minister's person. And then the the guy that goes to America and his whole thing is like America is a place of no morals and I'm going to go to America and have sex with all these women. I'm like, what do you think of America? So while I do love that movie and I know it doesn't sound like it. It just makes me laugh every year when they come across these parts that are like, at Christmas, you tell the truth. But you also have the the Colin Firth scene. You also have the, um, the, uh, the Hugh Grant dance scene. You have, you have that Emma Thompson moment, which while it's a negative emotion, it is such a beautiful moment of filmmaking. And it is sent against this Christmas. And then you have the little kid Oh, I forget his name, but the little kid who gets to, like, chase his elementary school love through the airport. And then the Hugh Grant monologues over the beginning and end of Heathrow Airport. It's a beautiful, wonderful Christmas movie. And maybe, maybe we should tell the truth at Christmas. I don't know. The other one that I think always gets lumped with Love Actually when you're talking about it is The Holiday. Because it is the other perfect rom-com. That is another movie that has nothing to do with the holidays it's a Christmas movie but it has genuinely zero to do with Christmas there's like a New Year's scene at the end that is wildly inconsequential and they are able to switch houses I guess because it's the holidays but like (laughs) that movie has nothing to do with the holidays 
However, every single one of them, all four of them, and then the older man, they are so darn charming. And, and Jack Black as a romantic lead, why doesn't he do it more often? He's so good at it. And it's just, it really is a wonderful, charming movie that's fun to watch. It, it's To me, it's more of like a perfect rom-com than a perfect holiday movie, but I guess it, it crosses over and can be both. There's also like, so you have in these sort of like adult holiday movies, you have the rom-coms that are make you cry and super sentimental. And then you have the comedy comedies, the sort of most iconic Christmas comedy of all time, I think has to be National Lampoon. National Lampoon, Christmas Vacation is so wonderfully over the top, but hits on every single real thing that happens at Christmas with all of the grandparents and all the family coming together and the lights don't work and you don't get your bonus. They're all very real things, just heightened to the umpteenth. And that's what that's what comedy is. That's certainly the comedy I like, is taking something very real and tangible and just making it completely over the top. And I think the other thing that I love about National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is, yes, it's like absurdist comedy. Like when he like his, the opening scene is when he's like merging under the truck. Like it's truly absurd. But you have, you have this character, Chevy Chase's character, who is a conduit for all of us in the face of the absurd. And I think that's why you're able to accept the craziness of it all. You have this character who just wants Christmas to feel perfect. He wants it to feel like it does in his memory from when he was a little kid, when it does feel like magic. He wants it to feel like the movie. And he is doing every everything he can to make that happen. And I always think of the scene when he gets locked in the attic and then he falls through the ceiling. So again, over-the-top slapstick comedy. But he's watching those home movies and that scene actually makes me feel real emotion because that's how I feel about Christmas a lot. I want it to be something so badly, but it just never goes that way. And I think even with all of its crazy comedy and ridiculousness, the movie reminds us that, yeah, it doesn't have to go that way, but it can still be a really special Christmas. And then the last category of Christmas film, as I see it, <laughs> this very definitive categorization call IFC, I have the answer, is the Christmas classics. And these movies obviously all fall into the other spaces. They're either, you know, the rom-coms or the Santa movies or the family movies, whatever. But the ones that really, I would argue, define Christmas. And these are the ones when I was talking earlier about I love Miracle on 34th Street, but I don't watch it often. These are the ones that you watch every single year. And honestly, Love Actually might fall into that. It might actually be a part of that canon. But I think this I could probably rank my top my top four. I don't know if I have a fifth. Off. I think the fifth would probably be Love Actually. But from there, I can rank my top four Christmas movies. And number four, I think, would have to be Home Alone. That movie is such a classic. I could literally watch it every single year and never get sick of it. 
even with its super slapstick comedy. I mean, all of the scenes with the wet bandits where they're like falling and hitting their head, it's just, it's slapstick. It's laugh out loud dumb comedy, but Kevin, Macaulay Culkin is so darn charming. It's so beautiful to look at. There are so many iconic moments. The score has become very synonymous with Christmas. So that, to me, is a perfect Christmas classic. It's on all the time. I'm going to give that the number four spot. At number three is a classic that I don't think we watch all the time. But last year, for the first time, I watched It's a Wonderful Life. And obviously, you know where the movie's going. We quote the movie all the time. You know, there are so many iconic lines in that film, and it, it's it's something that really has lasted many generations. But I had never sat down to watch it, and it always felt like it was going to be a chore. And I have to say that watching it in 2021 last year, that movie held up. It had that funny way that movie stars used to talk back then when they all kind of talked like this. You want the moon, Mary? I'll get you the moon. But other than that, the humor feels super modern. The storyline feels modern. It, it's a long movie, I'll tell you that. It goes on for a very long time, but it is, it is as wonderful as they say it is, and it really is a classic. It is 100% a classic, and it lives up to its hype. So if you're like me and you hadn't watched the movie because – it felt like it was going to be like eating your vegetables. I promise you it's not. It is so wonderful. It's got this beautiful rom-com between George and Mary. It has this wonderful story of him as a family man. It has it deals with real human emotions of sadness and joy and what does it mean to feel lucky and trying to do the right thing. To me that movie feels like what the season is actually about. I think that that movie is a parable wrapped in the form of entertainment. So it has like some really important human truths and lessons to be learned and it makes you feel a lot of things, both things you want to feel and things you often avoid feeling. But it's funny and it's charming and it's entertaining and it feels like the holiday and I think you should watch it every year. And the only reason I couldn't give it number one is because there are two other films that I think have the same sort of holiday chutzpah or the holiday weight that those that film does. And number two, unsurprisingly, is Elf. That movie, first of all, I, I Will Ferrell is an incredible actor, comedian. In my mind, he can do no wrong in a lot of ways, but he is never more wonderful than he is in that movie. That movie is so Christmas. It is like the Santa Claus It is undeniably a Christmas movie. It has something for the entire family, but it has so much heart. It has so much heart. And I think that's because Jon Favreau directed it, and he is just probably my favorite director of all time. That man is incredible. Everything he touches turns to gold. But I was watching a documentary on the making of Elf, just like sort of some behind the scenes and how it almost didn't get made. And I didn't realize it, but I guess it was like a pretty early role for Will Ferrell. So it was like risky to put him in as the main lead, which is a crazy thing to think now. But they were talking, they were talking to the writer. And you think of that movie, you think of spaghetti with syrup on it and the snowball fight. And when he and Zoe Deschanel sing, you know, 
maybe it's cold outside. You think of these like fun Christmassy moments that feel magical. But the writer of the script said, it's a father and son story. And when I heard that, I I must have known it on a deeper level because that's why the movie feels like it has so much more heart and so much more weight to it than just Christmas fun and, and Elf does hijinks in New York City is because the story is about family and it's about a father who isn't sure he can be a father and a son who wants a father and they're reconnecting and that is the heartbeat that is under this story of Will Ferrell eating gum from the subway and saying congratulations for the world's best cup of coffee (laughs) and all these just like fun iconic Christmas scenes with the beautiful decorations that are in the house and in the store. It's amazing. My number one pick for the best Christmas movie is A Christmas Story. And I just think it really is perfect. It feels nostalgic. It feels from another time. But it also feels incredibly timeless. The kid who wants a gift for Christmas and he can't get it. And what's his relationship like with his parents? Again, A Christmas Story is kind of a father-son story. Because so much of it is about Ralphie and his dad. And, you know, when his dad surprises him with that BB Red Rider BB gun. The joy that I get from that scene is not watching Ralphie's joy in opening it, but the dad's very understated joy of giving it. And I think that's just a really beautiful moment. But the other thing that's so fun about that movie on a less heartfelt level is that it almost feels like a series of vignettes with one red thread of he wants a Red Ryder BB gun, but there's like, he goes to the store, and then we have the whole thing with the dogs, and then the whole thing with the lamp leg. Like, it's almost like, and then the swearing, and the tongue getting stuck. It's almost like these little memories encapsulated one after another, all being told through this incredible voiceover that just feels very nostalgic for the season. Part of the reason I love this movie is because it has become so synonymous for Christmas with me because it is on TBS for 24 hours and it was something that we would just like between presents and dinner when we were just doing whatever we were doing with Christmas Day, it would sort of be on in the background. But it's something that my grandparents would watch and my parents would watch and I would watch and I just feel like it it has the power, like it's a wonderful life, to be a classic that even when it becomes incredibly dated, as it will, as everything does because we are always making advancements, even as it becomes incredibly dated, I think it will still be able to live up to its hype. And I think that and Elf as well, those three movies will be classics forever because they have so much fun and so much heart. And I think that is... You know, they make so many Christmas movies now, whether they're the Hallmarks or these like kind of one-off rom-coms or whatever it is. They're they're making so many Christmas movies that are fun. They're great to watch. They're like candy for your eyes. It's beautiful decor and snow and beautiful people and fun, easy-to-follow stories. But the heart and the detail and the character that goes into these films that I've just talked about I think that's why they have stood the test of time. I think it's why I will watch Love Actually every single year and not get bored of it and not even turn it on as background. I will sit down and watch it because there's so much heart. 
And that is what the season is all about. It's about magic. It's about Santa Claus. It's about, it's not about telling the truth. It's about a lot of things, but I think it's really about connection and heart and trying to find the good in yourself and in others. And these movies are written and directed and acted in a way that does that so masterfully that they're worth your time year after year after year. So in the absolute chaos that is December, take a moment for yourself. Watch your favorite Christmas movie because at the end of the day, that's what matters. What's your favorite? What's the one that you want to continue as a tradition with your family? Find the time. Curl up. Watch it. Have fun. Know that there's that whole week between Christmas and New Year's to look forward to where you will be catatonic and not move. And remember, I guess, that love actually is all around. That was corny, but I can't help it. I'm in the spirit. Until next time, guys, I'm Shannon Fiedler, and this was Just Like Other Girls. Thanks for tuning in.